This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. So let's let's go back. I mean, CBC covered uh, this story a year ago about how you guys are using a little bit of the disability for for comedy. Tell me how this all came to be, Josh. Oh, well, it all kind of happened so fast, to be honest. Um, when I think about it, I uh, I went to school for uh, computer systems and networking, and uh, unfortunately, never found any work within the Newfoundland. And for the longest time, I was trying to move. I wanted to move to Toronto. Because two of my biggest problems here in Newfoundland were the lack of jobs and the lack of accessibility in the city. So after trying to move and failing to move, because we all know that the market is not very good for selling, uh, I decided to do something. I said, you know what? I'm sick of complaining and I'm just going to try and do something. So I got people together and word got out and CBC, before I knew it, CBC was interviewing me. And uh, it kind of really blew up after that. So, like, what what brought you into the interest of, of comedy? Because, I mean, like, you... You know, some people will do comedy like a Seinfeld or a Bill Burr, and they'll have this, like, set routine. Um, so, like, were you ever fearful of doing a little bit of, like, mentioning about disability in your comedy act? Uh, no, uh, I'm actually a very open kind of person, so I kind of went in with it with no fear. I kind of just stumbled upon it, to be honest, uh, it was something I wanted to try as a hobby. You know, I'm not looking to make a living out of it. But uh, I started off as a hobby, and I really started to draw it. And uh, I don't really write my own jokes. I kind of make jokes out of my personal life experiences. Okay. No, no, like that. that's that's fair. That's like a, um, a basically a, a relatability kind of factor. It's more or less like, you know, if someone was seeing... Um, you know, you coming up on stage and they're kind of like, oh, geez, like, what, what's what's he going to talk about? And then when you mention that, okay, like, this is my disability. I'm making fun of my disability. Like, we're here to have a good laugh. Um, that I feel like that's your kind of mindset. It's not really an inability as much as it is, like, I can laugh at it. I can have a joke with it. You, you're kind of inviting people in, correct? Yeah, yeah. I kind of get the feeling when I'm on stage and like, okay, this guy talking about it. It's okay for me to laugh about it too, you know. And I thought it used to spread awareness about disabilities and the lack of accessibility in Newfoundland. Yeah, no, I I like that. It's like instead of I like how you kind of clued it in, and instead of like you know pent in and uh, as I would use the term in my own existence, being a crying Brian instead of what they call the Karens <laughs> of today. Um, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, instead of me always complaining about it, I'm going to, you know, I'm still going to complain, but I'm just going to make it in a humorous way. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm going to continue there, Kelly. Um, I was going to say, with Josh's comedy, I find that, um, I mean, he's just talking about his life. So it's not, I don't find that you're so much making fun of your disability <laughs> so much as, that's in terms of my interpretation anyway, but making fun of the facts of, you know, the reality of living with the, your disability and what that means and anybody can relate to it it's it's very relatable right and funny and it's a great way to just um yeah put yourself out there in terms of vulnerability and being open about yourself because i think yeah. that's how how people really connect yeah yeah no i i agree i mean maybe i just kind of worded it wrong of like just putting it making fun of the disability i mean more or less like you know uh, in the sense of comedy, when people make fun of, like, you know, if they went through a divorce or if they, you know, went through, um, you know, getting a bad movie role. Like, that's the way that I was looking at it. But it's it's right. it's, yes. it's yes. like people are able to, you know, say, okay, well, he's laughing at it and, uh, you know, he's inviting me in, so he's okay with it. It's life. <laughs> and I kind of like the clip that, so I was looking at a few of the clips and I watched the CBC story a few days ago and refreshed myself and... You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When at first I was saying, okay, these guys are going to go up, they're going to kind of keep it clean, and they're just going to make a few jokes. And then when I seen the clip CBC used, I was like, oh, boy. I was like, these guys don't don't hold back. I think you made a joker on the expense of when people see you downtown, they hand you money, and you were like, I tell them to, like, you know, like, I, I feel like, fuck off. Like, don't do it. And I was just like, oh, he's going right for the juggler. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay to frustrate you. But to be honest, the more uh, what happens, the more I just tend to laugh at it. No, no, and I, I liked it because as soon as I, I heard the stand up, I was like, yeah, if I put myself in his shoes and someone's just coming down and be like, oh, here you go, fella, and you're just like, I'm, I'm just downtown. Leave me alone. Like, thanks for the money, but, you know, seriously. <laughs> like, yeah, it's even worse when you're trying to refuse it. You still won't take it. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit to, to Kelly here as well. Kelly, um, you know, how did you engage with Josh? Like when was your first meeting? How did your relationship start? Well, Josh started the Accessible NL Facebook group in response to people um, sharing the article about him that was written. Um, well, there's two of them, right? First about his comedy act and then the same journalist i believe followed up uh with him and his friends and went around and checked out different venues downtown uh, to look at the real life experience of accessibility at, at venues downtown on george street and um there was just one one that's really accessible in terms of entrance and washroom facilities and i believe that's o'reilly's so, um, yeah, people were sharing that and talking about it on social media and incur and Josh encouraging Josh to, you know, continue with his efforts to um, do something, as he said. And he started the Accessible NL Facebook group and a friend of mine who is uh, who knows of my interest in accessible or universal design um, uh, told me I should join this group and then. Uh, Josh and I began talking because uh, I know about the commercial building world and dealing with things that 
in that way because and that was the focus of the article was about um, wheelchair accessibility on you know at facilities and um, anyway we just started talking and it led to us learning that we had a lot in common in terms of the kind of work that we wanted to be doing and as Josh mentioned he felt that there weren't many employment opportunities here from in Newfoundland and I was like I just go around and do whatever the heck I want to do and get people to pay me for it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Why don't we just do that? <laughs> no, not worry about finding a job. Let's make some jobs. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I like that kind of approach to it. I like how you kind of tied it all in of, you know, bringing in the comedy aspect and kind of touching base there on the accessibility. Um, now, you know, since the article was posted it's it's i believe it's about a year or so ago um have you seen any changes have things been updated or is it still more or less like falling on deaf ears oh personally i've seen a tiny bit of change obviously there's still a lot more to do but since my article i've been downtown and i've seen uh businesses already went ahead and they built their own little rip um one example of that would be the travel bug. I know that the travel bug you know they one little step up. So what they did they made their own little wooden ramp and laid it out there and whatever is right next to travel bug, I forget what that is. But they did the same thing. And I noticed in the parlor, do you know where they did the ice cream store that have? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the parlor uh, they have a great system that we actually might end up using. They, uh, they ring a doorbell for rent. Uh, when you ring the doorbell, the employee would come out and they would put that in the ramp. And that way you could get right in. So I've seen a couple of changes and we're hoping to make a lot more ourselves in the coming years. Okay, okay. Now, in, in terms of just when you're mentioning about comedy clubs, and I, I believe in the article... I believe it was Warren who mentioned the comment of all it takes is a little bit of a, a you know, two by four and building it like it's not much cost to just build a ramp there. Um, you know, with the accessibility, when you see just say clubs or bars that you're not able to get into and you mention this to them, uh, you know, do you, do you feel a little bit kind of, I guess, rejected or a little bit deflated when you when you come back and they're basically it's still not there or you know does it kind of discourage you well, of course every time but it doesn't keep me from trying and i uh and some of the times you mentioned to it and like it really depends on who's there if i say it to some random employee there's probably a very little chance that it's going to get up to the boss and then yeah. like or the owner or whatever and you really depend on who you talk to. But yeah, I did. I did try that a couple of times, and nothing really came out of it. And yeah, it is disappointing. So we're just trying another another way to go about that. But yeah, so, and that was the start of our discussions. I would say, Josh, what yes. what what is that? What what is the best way to approach this? And exactly, yeah. um, if our goal is just to get as many you know, entrances at least to be wheelchair accessible downtown, dealing with heritage buildings and all kinds of complications. 
Um, and knowing that, like you said, most people that you're going to talk to working in those places don't actually have anything to do with making those decisions. (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, yeah, what we decided to do out of that was to figure out what are the options and not, not to go around and approach everybody really until we had that sorted out and then say, um, here's what, here's what you can do about that. Pick one. (laughs) Right. And, yeah. and make it make it really easy and like um, yeah there's and there's lots of different solutions depending on the situation but it really is not a one size fits all and no. so we're trying to be really considerate of the challenges of you know businesses and then also the property owners and understanding you know I I know about it from that side which is helpful. And, and I've done a lot of work in that way with um, with working in, with heritage properties in Halifax, which is very similar to the to the landscape of, of buildings in downtown St. John's. So like the, the, the kind of concept I want to get here as well is so, you know, when you're when you're asking these companies to be a little bit more accessible, do they come back with reasonings of why they're not accessible? Do they do they? We haven't started we haven't started that campaign yet. So this is what we've been doing is working on planning all of that, which has been a great weird thing that happened out of the whole global pandemic thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're looking to, we're looking to give them options when we go talk to them. So before before we got those options we don't really want to talk to them until we got something to give them you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like you you want to have it all planned out, right? Like you like it's like, you know, if if you said to someone, I'm going to plan a road trip, they're like, great, where where are we going? Why are we doing? Blah blah blah. And you're like, well, I haven't thought of all that part. So then they're going to just look at yeah, you and be like, just, this guy, this guy doesn't have it all thought out. But if you come to them and say, <laughs> got a road trip planned, we're going here. This is how much we're going to spend. This is what blah blah blah. Then they're like, oh, he's he's thought this one through. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Um. Now, Josh, when you were uh doing your comedy do you how do you find the crowd reacts to it like i know in the clips it seems like people are a little bit a little bit shocked they laugh they, they, they seem to enjoy it but do you ever get taken back of when you were first doing it did it take some time for people to really engage with you oh man i love that it's hilarious it actually makes me laugh a lot into to myself to be honest uh yeah they're a little taken back at first but uh if i had two or three talks in uh, they generally loosen up and understand, oh, he's making fun of a disability, he's laughing, it's okay for me to do the same. But in a lot of situations, it's not okay to laugh at the disabled guy. So I totally flipped that around, and yes, they are taken off by the first, but like I said, after two or three jokes, they warm up and they listen up and they love it. Yeah, it's funny because like so I'll I'll dive into it a little bit here as well. Like I, when I have my disability, so I have Sturge Weber syndrome. So that's kind of you have either seizures or strokes. Um, now I know when I was doing a little bit of comedy in Ottawa, uh, I I had mentioned like some you know you see it on Family Guy. I think they had a a, a comedy clip there of Peter rowing a boat and he talks about stroking the boat. So he keeps on yelling out stroke. And of course, in the distance, 
there's a person actually having a stroke. <laughs> and oh the my pers- god. <laughs> and the person and the person goes, "Stop making fun of me." And I was just there like a part of me was like, "Hey, it's kind of mean." But then there was a part of me that's a little bit of a dark sense of humor that was like, "Uh, it's family guy." I kind of think it's funny, but I don't think I'd ever do it in the in the sense of an actual person. Um, but it's it's one of those things that I find with humor. It's it's give or take. And when I'm looking at your humor, and I was like, okay, at first I was kind of taken back, and I was like, okay, like do do I laugh at this? Do I let him laugh, and then I laugh? Like how is this going? And then when I noticed that the audience was laughing, I'm like, okay, this is good because if the audience just stayed there still phrased and was like. How do we take this? I mean, that, that, I've that, seen that's... people. I've seen people do that at your shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just like they like, don't know how to react, and it's really funny. <laughs> it's funny. Now, I started. Uh, Brian, I started hosting. I really enjoy hosting comedy shows. I realized that I enjoy hosting more than performing. So before. Well, before, welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before the. Uh, coronavirus happened, I had my very first show. And okay. I hosted it with my company buddy, Andrew. And um, they're the exact person that Kelly talking about. I think I know <laughs> who you're talking about. Was she a lady in a red coat? Yeah, they were, they were a couple. There were yeah, two a lady in a red coat. They were not happy at all. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. It was so funny, though. It was, well, like, funny in that uncomfortable awkward way where you're like <laughs> cringing <laughs> watching them and they were the first one to come too yeah they arrived first and they did, did like you know they left immediately and it just that made, me, <laughs> made me laugh even more so yeah. and and that's what i like it sounds like you have a good sense of humor about it because see some comedians whether like you've been in it in like twenty odd years, you're new to it. Whether like you know you you have a disab- disability or not, depending on what they're talking about, some people will just get up and leave and just be like, "This is this is not for me." And then some of the comedians just go like, "That's it. I just seen two people leave. Even though I have a hundred more here, two left. How do I handle it?" But it sounds like you handle it as it's just say, "Okay, that makes me laugh even more that these people are so either mortified or." confused that it's like well they're gonna go home now and be like why did we just sign up for what did we watch and you're just there sitting at home laughing going i can't believe they walked out <laughs> yeah, well, I, they were nice enough to stay i would say that they stayed to the end of it but when there... it was over they left pretty quickly <laughs> there was some stuff though like i can understand not everybody is game for that <laughs> right i can yeah. understand that there's like because comedy is such a, I mean, you, there's a lot of lines being crossed there, right? <laughs> it's it's very subjective. Let's put it in that term of depending on like you know what you find funny, what you don't like. Did I, Josh? I don't know like you know who you have as your top ten comedians, but for me, uh, like Louis C.K. is up there. But I mean Louis C.K. I haven't heard of in a year or two for you know obvious reasons. But that doesn't mean that I don't find him hilarious. It's it's a tough divide when you take the personal and the professional, but um, I, I like some of the stuff they mentions is dark. I, I think if you've gone back and watched one of these comedian or like one of these stand ups, he talks about how uh, he's in Arizona and he asked the crowd, "How many of you are here are sixty five or older?" 
and they raise their hand and a few of them go woo and he goes see why would you do that he's like you don't know what my question is i might just say anyone who's 65 and older done you're dead we're, we're getting rid of you tonight and uh they like you know the crowd laughs and then he he's more or less saying like but why are you here like Arizona is known for old people. Like, why haven't you died yet? And then people are like, what? But a few of the crowd is like, yeah, this is funny, but I'm guaranteeing you there's at least three in that crowd that were like, I'm leaving. I'm never coming back to a Lucy K show. For sure, yeah. <laughs> um, so in, in saying all that, Josh, like you mentioned about the implement there and Kelly as well of, you know, the access, accessibility, Newfoundland, getting things set up, um, working things out like i know you kind of touched on it but how is it going like what kind of stages are you in like is it stage one stage two uh good this point it's gonna feel like stage infinity uh, <laughs> uh to be honest we were slow down a bit because of the whole coronavirus kind of like every, a lot of other people obviously all over the world so because of that we kind of got thrown backwards a little bit but um, in terms of stages, I don't know. Can you, what stage do you say we're at? Um, we're definitely in the planning stage. And planning like stage. I said, we got together with a group of people who just are random people that were the ones who showed up, you know what I mean? And we started having meetings and talking about what kind of things we were seeing happening, uh, make, just identifying things we might want to do. Um, is this thing right and uh so we went through that for a few months and then we identified a few specific goals the most immediate one being um to get ramps on buildings downtown and you know make and figure out a real a way to do that that's working with business owners and building owners and with other you know things that are going on, like, you know, just a holistic approach to that. <laughs> and so we identified that as the first thing we want to do. And we've got that kind of figured out uh, now how we want to do that. And we are, we've just been planning a lot and putting the time into creating our um, structure and business tools that we need in order to You know, you don't always get time to do that, and we did have the time, so we we focused on that. And now we're kind of coming into some restrictions being lifted that's going to change what we're able to do, and we'll be launching a newsletter soon, I guess, will be one of the first real um, operations, you know, that we're undertaking. So we're going to start doing that, getting people to sign up for a newsletter and sharing information about things that are going on in the community with businesses, with other organizations, um, and celebrating people and, and organizations that are doing good work uh, in the same kind of line that we're doing, which, you know, there's a, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot uh, of support in, in Newfoundland and uh, lots of great things going on and efforts that, that have been happening for a long time and we just want to, um, you know, hook into that and find the spot where we can fill in where something is needed. And that's what we've learned that that is needed is this kind of a liaison piece. And, 
you know, a, a place for members of the community just to have a voice and, and, uh, you know, share in, in their ideas mm-hmm. because everybody has great ideas and is very supportive. The accessible and Facebook group is uh, a really supportive group, you know, just in sharing information and, and helping each other, you know, just random people sign up there sometimes. And they're like, Hey, you know, I just encountered this in my family. My dad has has this disability now all of a sudden, right? And yeah. they had to do things to their house. And and this person just came on and didn't know anything and asked questions. And everybody just came with answers and solutions and call this guy and do that. And And it was great. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. So, like, now with all the process, like, we're coming close to the end here, but I just want to make sure with, with all the process that you're doing, it sounds like you're really diving in, you know, uh, dying the I's, crossing the T's, making sure attention to detail, very key, uh, bringing back the uh, McGuire, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming down here. But uh, I, I just kind of want to bring it whole circle here. So with all this that's being done, everything that you're – getting into what's what do you think is the end goal in terms of like is this a year from now project that you're hoping to see build or is it like uh you know a few maybe you know six months down the road like what's what do you think is the whole um uh, what's the word i'm looking for like the end goal in terms of when it will all be achieved no no end to that no it really depends on the building to be honest um, we're currently going on a lot of, a lot of work at Edibots in turn of play. Um, but we started, I guess, to answer your question, we kind of started off simple with, the, like Kelly said, making ramps for downtown. There's a lot of vendors downtown that are only a step up, so a little ramp is... I the, see what you did there, Josh. I see what you did there. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But literally, it's just a step up, so a little time to ramp and nothing to have. So we were going to start there, and then once we get comfortable down there and know what we're doing, we want to continue on making the rest of the building accessible, or the bathrooms and whatnot. There's cities all over the world that are older than St. John's, and their heritage buildings are made accessible, and there's no reason... Why we cannot do the same here? Yeah, we we've that's what we've learned a lot from people in the group is people sharing stories and pictures and things of of places and stuff that they've seen in their travels, especially. And so, um, I guess how I would answer that question about what is the what is the goal or the end and when when is that going to happen? I don't know, but I mean, our I'd say our overall goal has something to do with making. Newfoundland more accessible as a as a tourism destination and you know there's what we want to do I think in terms of with the buildings downtown is more so just uh, get some community involvement and support and sharing of ideas and just raise the bar and keep raising the bar in that regard and um, you know it's it's a small step in the right direction. Yeah, the bar is too low. The bar is way too low. The bar is too low right now. And a lot of it, Brian, I'm not going to lie, a lot of what we do is just 
letting people know, informing people about this. Because if you're not a person with a disability, or if you don't have someone with a disability in your life, you are not going to be thinking about disability problems. No, that's the great thing about the comedy, Josh. I think that it it really opens people's eyes <laughs> to they how... Really, yeah, yeah, really does. I had people come up to me and say, great show. It really opened my eyes. I had no idea what it was like. Blah, 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 you know, that stuff. So a lot of what we do is just awareness. We want to let people know, look, there's people that want to visit your store but can't get in, here's how you can do that. Because especially with the heritage buildings, if you are going to, if you're going to modify a building that old, it's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of money. It really is. So just by now, we'll provide a loophole, I guess, around that. The ramps that we provide will not be a permanent structure to the building. But for that campaign, we think that that's the easiest target. Yeah, Yeah, that's the easiest target are the ones where, you know, that's all that can be done, which in some cases, like Josh said, because of money, that's all that can be done in a lot of cases. So it's too bad, but you know what, I think a lot of people are scared from doing anything because they think it's going to be a lot of money. And, and these these things we're talking about are not a lot of money. It's easy. Well, yeah, well, not only that, it's really difficult. Like, I'll give you an example. Brian, I got a lot of tattoos. I, uh, I love my tattoos. My, my, uh, when I was getting them done, my tattoo guy, his place wasn't accessible. So I had to get my friend to help me in. No, he's a nice guy, and he wanted, he wanted to make it accessible. He said, Todd, what do I need to do? Like, can you help me out? And I said, sir, sir, Dan, I'll help you out, no problem. And we looked through the city papers, and you got to get permits, and you got to get a, uh, an engineer involved, and it took a lot of red tape. It's a lot. From the gecko. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it really hard for the average person to get their building accessible while going through the city. How did you guys find the interview? Was it good? Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, I'm, uh, I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk about what we're doing. Thanks. And um, yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. It's our first interview together. <laughs> yes. Well, one thing you gotta know about me, Brian, I, uh, I don't mind talking at all. No. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. 
you have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.